0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of Death construction, in the fields of bodies burning. machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind poisoning their brainwash mind
1: Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia on the national community radio satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscana. I'm hosting today's program. That's right. If you wonder what anarchy is all about, no not what happened in Ukraine. That's what happens when you've got a centralised hierarchical system where a few people can mobilise hundreds of thousands to kill other people. That's what anarchy is against. It's against hierarchy. It's about breaking down hierarchy. It's about ensuring that individuals and small groups don't have the power, as we see ad nauseum through human history, to order other people to do the most disgusting, degrading, horrible things to other people. For what? For what? For what? A little bit of extra land, a bit of extra resources, put up their flag, just disgusting stuff. So anarchism is against that because, see, anarchism is about creating a society without rulers. Not without rules, without rulers. So what gives rulers the ability to mobilise hundreds of thousands of people to kill other people? Inequalities in power and wealth. So if we can break down hierarchy break down these inequalities, then megalomaniacs like me and you will never have the opportunity to mobilise hundreds of thousands of people to do our bidding. It's that simple. It's about breaking down power relationships. It's about holding wealth in common. Because if you look at this federal election, if you look at things around you, what can happen in a private investment for private profit world depends on the amount of resources you have at your disposal. Look at the um, Disunited Australia Party, Andrew and Mr Palmer, and you can see how money talks. So anarchism is about creating a society without rulers, anarchos without rulers. What gives rulers the ability to determine the lives of billions of people, inequalities in power and wealth? So the anarchist struggle is the struggle to share power, devolve power and the struggle to hold wealth in common and share wealth. It's nothing new. It's the original biological urge which made us the scourge of the planet, the human race, the fact that we can cooperate together for our own benefit as a community, not just individuals, but as a community. That's what makes us different from many of our brothers and sisters in the animal and insect world. Although, although as you can see, with bees and ants and that, cooperation is a big, big part of uh, their success as a species. All right, let's move on. Look, the ball's in your court. Now, if you're not interested in the federal election, turn the phone off, okay? Or the radio off or whatever you're listening on, you know, the net off. Turn it off. Go and listen to some music or lie out in the sun or, you know, go out into the rain and dance in the rain. But if you are interested in the federal election, well, keep listening. Now, I'm trying to do something which is a little bit difficult because, you see, people tell us that we live in a democratic society and it's all everybody's got an equal chance of, you know, putting their ideas across. Well, you don't. There's legislation in place in this country which makes it almost impossible unless you've got very rich backers uh, for any independent candidate or small political party to actually gain any traction in the election race. And as far as the Senate is concerned, it's even worse. Now a few months ago, I'm sure most of you who listen to the program will know, but most other Australians are not aware of it, the Liberal National Party and the ALP joined forces to pass legislation to create mega-political parties. And to be a registered political party, you now need 1,500 members, which is difficult, difficult for up-and-comers. So that's one way you get rid of the opposition. We had 66 registered parties. I don't know what number we have now, but obviously the number has dropped. A number of these smaller parties have coalesced into, you know, Bigger groups, but again, when that happens, their ideas become diffused, filtered, and uh, it's an issue. Now, another thing you do is you ensure that in order to get any traction, you need a lot of wealth. Now, it takes at least a million dollars to run an independent campaign in any House representative Representatives seats, and obviously much more in the Senate, especially in the larger states with the larger population. So, again, there's that issue. Then there's the issue of deposits. Now, you may find this hard to believe, that most people who actually stand for Parliament never get their deposit back, because you need 4% of the primary vote. Then you structure the ballot paper in such a way, especially in the Senate, to ensure that anybody who's got any independent uh, credibility has no chance. There are no independents in the Senate uh, anywhere in Australia. And if you look at your ballot paper, there's a line, there's boxes above the line, there's names below the line. there's, And the boxes above the line, in, in the majority of cases, the name of a political party. Now, if you are two people... You've got two or three people who are independents who join forces. You can get a box above the line if you pay your four to £6,000, dollars, depending on what it is. But the thing is, you're not allowed to have the word independent next to your name if you have a box above the line, if you're not a registered political party. Again, that is to discourage people from voting for independent candidates. Then if you do have your name below the line, well, obviously, you've got to tick or you've got to number many more boxes than above the line. So above the line, currently, you need to number six boxes, one to six in the order of preference. Below the line, you need to number 12 boxes. But the good thing about being below the line, and that's why I'm interested in uh, standing as an independent uh, Victorian Senate candidate, is that you can have the word independent next to your name because they believe that you haven't got a... hate snowflakes chance in hell of being elected okay now why would anybody with any brains bother going through all this and then obviously you've got to get people to nominate you to stand so you've got you've got all these issues ahead of you now why would i bother to stand well i am sick and tired of the trivialization of alternatives and politics in this country. The corporate owned media, and to a lesser extent, the government guild at ABC, are ahead of the trivialising pack. At the head. And nothing highlights this than the fiasco surrounding Mr. Albanese, who forgot a number. Now, I forget what I had for breakfast. Now, obviously, people in those positions have advisers, and if you're in the government, you've got the whole public service behind you providing you with all that garbage. But what was interesting was the same day that Mr Albanese had his little slip-up, which can happen to anybody, we heard that uh, Mr Tudge, the former, in brackets, Federal Education Minister, had reached an agreement with a former staffer who accused him of, uh, you know, bullying and all this stuff, of a half a million dollars, although although no wrong had been done. Now, I'd love to get a half a million dollars courtesy of the Australian taxpayer, all right? Now, to me, that was the news of the day. The fact that a federal minister who supposedly resigned from the cabinet was still in the cabinet, nobody give a shit, and at the same time, the Australian taxpayer paid a half a million dollars to a former staffer because of allegations she made about that former, about that minister. Now that should have been front page news, should have been on every, on every radio program, on every virtual media site, but it wasn't. Front page news was about the leader of the opposition forgetting a number. Hmm? That's how things are trivialised in this country. That's how it's impossible using the corporate-owned media of the government Guild at ABC to get any ideas across which go against the private investment for private profit ideology which underpins every single aspect of life in Australia in 2022. Now, when you look at their policies, and the thing is you'll see the Liberal National Party will be a policy three zone. Now, I couldn't believe it yesterday. The Prime Minister has offered the oil industry the oil refinery, another $250 million, on top of the me- tens of millions of dollars they've been given over the last 12 months to ensure there's enough oil in this country. Now, you would think, irrespective of the changes which are occurring to the fossil fuel industry, you would think that any government worth its weight would have... Oil reserves. Now, our oil reserves are part of the United States oil reserves. Now, it's a long way between the US and Australia. So here we are, a little bit more of corporate welfare. So this is what happens in a private investment for private profit world, where we bow, scrape, cow at the altar of Mammon every day. So do I think I'll be elected? No. I don't have a snowflakes chance in hell of being elected if I'm in the lucky position of gaining enough people to nominate me to stand as an independent Senate candidate in Victoria. No. Do I think there'll be much interest from the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC? No. And I'll tell you why when I go through the policies that I'm interested, policies that I've been promoting through the anarchist world this week for... uh, Decades. Decades. Not just policies that have been cobbled together, you know, to to get a few votes. You see, ultimately, in a parliamentary democracy, they don't care. They don't care what happens in between elections. They really don't care. You can protest all you like, but at the end of the day, They have the courts, the police, the military to ensure that those protests are contained and we see it over and over again irrespective of what you think people are protesting about. So they don't really care. All they care about is what happens on election day which will be the 21st of May this year. Now you may be pissed off with the whole thing and you may not not be on the electoral roll and I understand that. And you may be so pissed off you're going to vote informal. although that's illegal, you know. And I can understand people considering the state of politics in this country today. But unfortunately, the parliamentary puppets do have some power to have an impact on people's day-to-day lives. And we see that constantly. We've seen that with with the unfortunate uh, asylum seekers and refugees who find themselves still held up in Papua New Guinea, to a lesser extent Nauru, and uh, quasi-jails around Australia for having the audacity to uh, apply or look for asylum in this country. Ten years, ten years later, constitutionally, we can do whatever we like with them. So considering the number of protests that have occurred regarding that particular issue, you can see... What I'm saying is, they don't care, but they do care when you reign on their parade. They do care when you take votes from them. And most importantly of all, they do care when you can break through the intellectual, philosophical, ideological barriers which are put in place to ensure the private investment of a private profit mantra continues to dominate every aspect of our lives, and they care especially when you do it during an election period. So I'm not asking for money. I don't want anybody to waste any money on my campaign. I'll be wasting $2,000, which would be my contribution to the uh, Treasury, as I won't get 4% of the vote, but I think it's worthwhile that we have people on the ballot paper and it's not just myself but other people on the ballot paper who have ideas and policies which go against the grain which go against the private investment for private profit deregulation, corporatisation, globalisation privatisation, tsunami we have all had to weather over the last four to five decades because... Though you may have more things, debt is increased. The gap between rich and poor is increased. And what highlights this to me more than anything else, and I almost come to tears, not that I'm too bloody old to cry these days, but I almost come to tears every time I see a Smith family advertisement somewhere telling me, what I know, there are 1.2 million children living in poverty in this country. There's only 25 million, bloody million people living in this country currently. And that they need money from you as a private citizen in order to ensure that these kids get a fair break and a fair education, although we supposedly have a public education system, which is chronically underfunded because governments continue to pour money into the private education system. So here we have a private charity asking Australians not to help people in the Ukraine, not to help people in Bangladesh, you know, the Myanmar refugees, the million refugees, not to help the refugees from Syria, not to help people who are dying of lack of clean water or starvation somewhere else in the world. No, but to actually raise money to educate Australian children who are falling behind because of the lack of funding in the public education sector? Give me a break. Give me a break. I've got nothing against the Smith family. I'm sure they're very nice people. They're trying to do the best they can. But give me a break. Have we come to this in this country? Have we come to this? Think about it. Nothing highlights the inequalities and what's happening in this country today than this. Nothing highlights this more than this. And if you think it's going to get easier, it's not with inflation increasing, interest rates increasing, and the private sector refusing point blank to pay decent wages and provide secure employment for people, and the Uber, so-called Uber economy, you know, the gig economy, drowning the real economy, you know, the 19th century economy, you can understand How difficult things have become. And when you see the legal tape that has been wrapped around trade unions in this country to make them basically, you know, put them in body bags so they can't even agitate for their members without going bankrupt or being deregistered, and when you know that striking outside an enterprise bargaining agreement period in this country, after you jump through thousands of hoops is illegal, you begin to understand the situation we find ourselves in. So why not rain on their parade? You've got a week. Nominations close on the 21st of April. See, that's another little trick. Normally... It takes any you can get between 10 and 21 days before nominations close. Ah, this time, 10 days, exactly the minimum, exactly the minimum, during the Easter break, to make it very difficult for people like me, who you know, who are, want to stand as independent candidates, who need to get about 120 people to nominate them, to get those numbers, very difficult. So if you go into your ballot uh, box not your ballot box, if you go into the voting place or you get your ticket in the mail or whatever, you know, your postal ballot, you may find there's less people there than there usually are. And it's for a reason. Because with increasing dissatisfaction in the Australian community, it's important that the choices that people have during an election period are greatly diminished by excluding people and organisations who are not part of the hate brigade, you know, who, you know, who think every problem is due to somebody's religion or racial origin or the colour of their skin, who are not part of the, you know, the uh, the religious nutty brigade. But obviously anybody with any real ideas, you just make it a little bit much more difficult for them. So they'll fire up their hands in horror and say, Why bother? Why bother? Well, not this little bunny, because this little bunny is going to give it. A, it is Easter, that's why I'm a bunny. This little bunny, just in case you missed the joke, this little bunny is going to give it a hot go. Now, I'm going to. This will only interest Victorian listeners, but if you can bear with me, we will go through it. Now, the first thing is we need to remember is. This is Wednesday the 13th of April. Today, between 1 and 3 p.m., I'll be standing outside Community Radio Station 3CR at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. So, if you wish to nominate me and you have the time and the inclination to nominate somebody to rain on their parade pissing their tent well then I'll be outside 3CR 21 Smith Street Fitzroy from 1pm to 3pm between 4 to 5pm I'll be outside yes I'll be loitering outside railway stations I'll be outside the Yarraville railway station which is at the corner of Murray Street and Birmingham Street in Yarraville. If you don't see me or you can't find me, you can always ring on zero four three nine three nine five four eight nine. 395 489. Now, between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., yes, we're having our normal dinner at La Porquetta's in Carlton, 392 Raftown Street, Carlton North. So you can join me, pay for your own dinner. (laughs) You like that. (laughs) And uh, yeah, there are no freebies, you know, on the Joe Toscano Independent Senate ticket. I can assure you of that. This isn't Clive Palmer speaking, all right? And you can turn up for dinner and you can uh, nominate me at dinner. Or you can just walk in, nominate me, and go home. Now, Thursday, the 14th of April. between midday and 1pm, I'll be on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, Spring Street, Melbourne, which will be the uh, regular public house in everybody's business, gathering in the steps of Parliament House, because obviously this is an important issue. Between one thirty and 2.30pm, I'll be at the Paramount Food Court. That's 101 Little Burke Street, Melbourne, because after the gathering we... Normally some of us troop down for a a light lunch and a bit of a conversation. And you're like this. Between 3 p.m. and 4.30 p.m., just in case you don't know what to do, and you want to take the kids to Lunar Park, I'll be outside the Lunar Park entrance. That's right, where the clown is. And kind of uh, makes sense, doesn't it? At 18 Lower Esplanade, St Kilda, so the Lunar Park entrance where the the laughing clown is between 3 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. So that's the next two days. That's Wednesday the 13th of April, Thursday the 14th of April. And that's the main reason I'm doing that. It's very simple, is to give people an opportunity who may not have a car, who may be working, to come and see me, find out what I'm speaking about. Now, it gets better. Now, all this stuff will be on my Facebook page, Toscano for the Public, or or uh, Joseph Toscana. It's all up there. The dates, the times. Now, on, e, on Good Friday, the day Jesus Christ was nailed on the cross and died on the cross, I won't be eating hoskrat buns. I'll be wandering the streets of Melbourne once again looking for people to nominate me for the Senate. Between 9am and 10am, I'll be outside the Ringwood, that's right, the Ringwood Railway Station. And again, doing this outside a railway station gives people the opportunity to catch a train, then catch a train home if they haven't got uh, private transport. Between 11am and midday, I'll be outside the Frankston Railway Station. That's on Friday, the 15th of April. Between 1 pm and 2 pm, I'll race across the city and I'll be outside the Northgate railway station. And between 3 pm and 4 pm, I'll be outside the Flinders Street station. That's on Friday. Now, I'm going to give you a rest on Saturday and Sunday. And the next time you'll be seeing me loitering outside railway stations will be on Monday. That's right. Monday, which I think will be the 18th. That's right. Monday, Easter Monday. Here I am loitering around railway stations trying to get you to nominate me as that independent Victorian Senate candidate instead of relaxing At um, between 11am and midday, I will be outside the Footscray railway station. Between 1pm and 2pm, I'll be outside the Sunshine railway station. Between 3pm... And 4pm, I'll be outside the St Albans railway station. Now, obviously, we may add some size to that. But the last day that you'll be able to nominate me for the Senate will be on Tuesday. That's right. That's Tuesday. I think it's the... Now, I'm getting confused here. Well, next Tuesday. And I will be at the... West Papuan office at 211 838 Collins Street in Docklands from 4 pm to 8 pm. That's right, from 4 pm to 8 pm. Because obviously, an independent foreign policy which includes West Papuan independence will be part and parcel of the policies which I will take to the election. Okay? So, all this stuff is up on the net. If you're a bit confused, where I'll be, I can understand if you've got no access to the net. If you ring me on 0439 395 489, 0439 395 489, I can uh, let you know where I'll be. And if you can't make any of those places, still ring me on that number. Maybe we can uh, meet somewhere. But as I said before, I need about 125 people to nominate me. You actually need 100, but you need a reserve. There's no point because if I'm successful in getting the numbers, I will be going into the Australian Electoral Office and uh, putting in all my papers next, um, next Wednesday afternoon. So that doesn't give us much time, especially with the four-day Easter break. So if you are interested in... Look, if you've still got a little bit of faith in the parliamentary system, and you still vote in elections and you are on the Victorian electoral roll, you can do it. Now, if you listen to this program anywhere else around Australia, you can do the same thing. You can do exactly the same thing. It takes a bit of effort, a bit of energy, a little bit of cash, but you can do the same thing. You either leave the field, take your bat and ball home and sit there and wait for the next cricket match or you get in there and you knock a few sixes over the the boundary line. It's up to you. Now, policies. Policies, policies, policies. Not only do we have policies, we have mechanisms by which to fund them. Uh, They may not be very popular with the private investment for private profit crowd, but we're not here on the anarchist world this week. We are not here to please them. And I'm not here to please the corporate-owned media, And I'm not here to please the Government Guild at ABC. And I'm not here to please the ALP or the Greens or the Liberal National Party. We are here to put forward policies which will be of benefit to the Australian people, not to transnational corporations. We are here to put forward policies which will ensure the Commonwealth is used for the common good. You do, be, you do know that we do belong to the Commonwealth of Australia and the concept of the Commonwealth came during the Puritan Revolution when Charles I had his head cut off in England in the, was it, 16th, no, 17th century. That's where the concept of the Commonwealth came from, the Commonwealth of Australia. Obviously, we don't have commonwealth. If we had a Commonwealth of Australia, we wouldn't have 1.2 million children living in poverty and having a private charity asking us to donate money to assist them to get a proper education. Extraordinary. It brings tears to my eyes. Just extraordinary. But the ball's in your court. You can sit at home and complain and nobody's going to listen, nobody cares. You can ring up the hundreds of so-called institutions that have been set up to look after you by government and private organisations and they'll make the right sounds, but at the end of the day, little changes. You can come and nominate me or nominate somebody else who's putting forward policies which go against the private investment for private profit ideological morass we find ourselves in. All right, let's look at a few policies. Policy number one, you know about this, universal Basic income. A universal basic income. That means every Australian gets a living wage, irrespective of what they earn. So that everybody's on the same level playing field. So people can make a choice whether they want to be part of the wage slavery or whether they just want to survive and just you know enjoy their lives. A universal basic income. You get rid of Centrelink. You get rid of all those plethora of pensions which are out there, all that nasty business you've got to go through in order to, you know, apply for an old-age pension, a disability support pension. And then if you are in the workforce, that money that you're given in a universal basic income is clawed back through the taxation system. So that means that people who are working, who make The choice to be part of the wage system, then through the taxation system, give back that universal basic income. And those people who don't earn anything because of physical issues, emotional issues, age-related issues, health issues, don't have to jump through hoops every day and they actually got enough to pay their rent or their mortgage or their food and have a little bit of left for a little bit, bit of a life. That's a universal basic income. Nothing new, the Romans had a universal basic income for the proletarium to keep them in order, you know. Keep them in order. You know, breads and circuses, that's where the terminology breads and circuses comes from. The plebeians, you know, Had a universal basic income. Obviously, it was funded through slavery. We're not (laughs) advocating slavery. This isn't IS (laughs) you're listening to. But I'll talk about funding soon. Universal basic income. Secondly, diversify the economy, re expand the destroyed public sector. For example, Instead of giving money to the private company and oil refineries to hold oil for the benefit of the country, what's wrong with the concept of having a publicly funded oil reserve? Hey? What's wrong with the concept of keeping the NBN in public ownership? What's wrong with the concept of having a people's Bank, which is publicly owned, to reintroduce competition back into the banking and financial sector. Think about it. Think about it. Expand the public sector. Secondly, provide seeding funding for the collective and cooperative sector. There is no collective or cooperative sector in this country. About 0.01% of people would be involved in the collective and cooperative centre. Most people are involved in the private sector. Insecure, part-time, poorly paid work for a significant proportion of the population. Many of those 1.2 million children are not just the children of people with disability single parents, old age pensions, but they are the children of people who are involved, who are working, but can't make enough money with poorly paid, part-time, insecure work to actually meet their financial commitments. So you expand the cooperative and collective sector. It will provide competition. You have a three-way competition between the private sector, the public sector, and the cooperative and collective sector. Expand the economy. Another policy. Mining resources. What do the exploitation of this country's mining resources lead to? The creation of billionaires, a billionaire factory who then pretend to be philanthropists because they're actually not paying their fair share of tax. So any Entity, either privately owned or on the stock market, that has more than $100 million in assets, 70% tax on profits and any new reserves to be developed by the public sector. This not only provides resources to this country's First Nations people and the rest of us, but it also gives us a mechanism via which to phase out fossil fuels. Because currently we have people struggling to keep these industries alive because their livelihood is attached to these industries. But if these industries come under public ownership They can be phased out quickly with minimal dislocation, especially with a universal basic income. Think about it. Another policy. Uluru Statement from the Heart, 2017. Poo-hooed, put in a cupboard, forgotten. And what do they want? So simple. Tell the truth have a macarata. tell the truth about how Australia came into being and the cost to this country's First Nations people and the continuing cost to this country's First Nations people. A voice to Parliament, not an alternative to Parliament, but an elected voice to Parliament. And thirdly, to begin negotiations regarding treaties between this country's First Nations people and the rest of us. Simple concept. Incorporate them. Now, when it comes to the climate emergency, it's all about green capitalism, isn't it? It's all about green capitalism. This is an opportunity. where the the sunshine, you know, continent. We can make a lot of buck out of it. Well, it's not about green capitalism. It's about creating decentralised energy systems, so that we've got sustainability. It's about looking at consumption and create an economy which is based on the consumption of real needs, not artificially created needs. And that's what we have today, a society which is eating itself up. The list goes on and on. Let's look at another issue, simple, migration, refugees, asylum seekers... Who makes the best migrants? Refugees and asylum seekers. There's hundreds of millions of them out there. Why steal? Developing nations, talented people, and bring them to this country. Don't we want to educate our own people to take on these skilled positions? And already the business sector is clamouring, clamouring to bring in people on temporary work visas to do basic work. Maybe if there was secu- it was secu- the work was secure, the wages were decent, maybe we wouldn't need that issue. You wouldn't need all these. We had one in seven workers before the COVID-19 pandemic were the temporary workers. Let's move on. Disasters. Climate emergency equals disasters including pandemics as the world heats up if there's one thing and I have been involved in I've been involved in floods and I've been involved in a fire which destroyed a home I had a mortgage on and I can tell you this happened over 20 years ago did the bank come up to me and say oh joe um will suspend your payments for the next 6 months or 12 months no nah. They wanted to be paid on the dot every bloody month, although the place was in ruins. And we had all the carpetbaggers coming around saying, oh, look, we'll buy the property for this ridiculously low price. And within a week or two, we just basically left our own devices, and myself and my family. And if we didn't have insurance, which came to the party, we would have been still paying off that mortgage for the non-existent home. And this is what's happening in Lismore today. In other parts of Australia where there's been bushfires and floods. After a few weeks, nobody's interested. As I found out, you're left to your own devices. You survive as best you can. So as we know, there will be an increasing number of natural disasters. Another policy that I'm interested in, which I've actually raised on this program time and time again, the establishment of 50... National, so 50 regional city disaster centres. Disaster centres which are ready to take on house people in a disaster. Disaster centres which have personnel and equipment to deal with any disaster, whether it's a natural disaster, or a man-made disaster, but have it in place. And I'll talk about funding in a minute. Have it in place, have it there so it can react. Possibly in a city centre, you could have maybe 500,000 people attached to each disaster centre. In the regions, maybe 300,000. Rural areas, maybe 100,000. But actually have it there, ready to go, coordinated through Canberra, publicly, publicly. Subsidised, publicly run. It's there, not this piecemeal disaster response we see over and over again. With after after a few weeks and a few people singing to raise a bit of money, you know, or uh, Mr Dutton organising a, uh, you know, one of these internet uh, crowdfunding things, you know, as if he's not a member of the government, but that's a different story. Another policy, simple policies. These are simple policies. These are not anarchist policies. These are not socialist policies. These are not radical policies. These are simple policies. And how about pouring a little bit money, a bit more resources and money, into the health system, everyday disasters, stories regarding the public health system, poorly funded, poorly resourced. Everybody's saying... Oh, it's all a matter of staff. Well, it's not just a matter of staff. It's a matter of infrastructure. It's a matter of training. It's a matter of making health a priority. Aged care sector. See what happened when Mr Howard privatised the aged care sector. Look what's happening. And, and the reality is today that, you know, If the Morrison-led government is re-elected, and it's always a strong possibility if it's re-elected, it'll be re-elected from the votes of the elderly. My crew, the people I spoke about last week, the over-60s, you know, feeling unloved, unwanted, insecure, thinking that this government, which is based on a private investment for private profit ideology, will somehow look after them. I mean, I've seen some of these contracts for some of these privately run aged care facilities. You've even got to pay if somebody's got to brush your teeth. Extra payment. Extraordinary. They go on for hundreds of pages, these contracts. Unbelievable. And the list goes on and on. So these are policies, and I could go on with policies galore. I mean, uh, but what are these policies? What is... What is the common thing about these policies? The common thing about these policies is about putting people before profits. It's about putting the welfare of all the citizens, all the permanent residents, all the asylum seekers, all the refugees in this country ahead of the interests of the corporate sector. It's about public interests before corporate interests. That's what this campaign is about. Now, Joe, this is all very nice pie-in-the-sky crap, but how are you going to fund it? How are you going to fund it? It's easy. It doesn't take a revolution. We don't have to bring back the guillotine. All right? You You don't need to, you know, shoot people. It's very simple. Through parliamentary legislation... First way to raise money, a 1% tax. That's right, tax, T-A-X. Happy to use the word tax, unlike all the major political parties. Tax is good. A 1% tax on all financial transactions over $1,000. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Anywhere between $100 to $120 billion to 120000000000 dollars that would fund the universal basic income. Kaching. How about a 1% stock market tax? These days in Australia, you get taxpayers' money if you own shares. They're called franking credits. Aren't you so lucky? You own a share, you've got the disposable income on a share, you get a franking credit. And all those of you say, well, I've got a superannuation and it's going to look after me. Bullshit. The thing about superannuation, as you know, is the more you earn, the more you save, the better your lifestyle. So if you, most of your superannuation will disappear within a decade and it will all go towards funding your own retirement. The state provides nothing. Fredbear, Fredbear. Social security system. For universal basic income, you don't need a Fredbear thing. So let's, let's go back to funding. So that be natural resources, 70% tax. If you think that's too high on natural resources profits, who do these resources belong to? They belong to the commonwealth, the people of this country, this country's First Nations people. Why should this wealth be squandered, given to the private sector to create billionaires? 70% tax. And if they don't like it, they can walk away and we can take over those facilities and any new, any new mineral resources to be exploited, to be exploited by the public sector. Enough money to fund a universal basic income, a national emergency system, a regional emergency system, fund public education, public health, universal basic income. It's a matter of priorities. That's what elections are about. It's a matter of priorities. Do we allow the private investment for private profit mantra to continue to dominate every aspect of our lives, or we don't. Do we or we don't? Do we sit at home and complain? I mean, the major political parties and the 1% that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication love a complaining culture. We complain about this, we complain about that. What they hate is people who go beyond complaint and want to do something about it. Whether it's, a, whether it's as simple as nominating somebody like me or somebody similar to me somewhere in this country to stand as a senator or for the House of Representatives, not because they're going to be elected, because the whole system... Is geared against the election of these type of people, but because we can raise these ideas in a forum with social media, it gives us that opportunity to bypass the legacy media. And if I do obtain the necessary nominations, and again, it's, it's a, you know it's it's an iffy proposition, but if I do obtain the necessary nominations. Well, then we will talk about how social media can be used to promote these ideas outside the margins we now find ourselves in because we're basically marginal. But the thing is, whether we're marginal or not, the ideas that we are promoting are ideas which are fair, reasonable. They're fair and reasonable ideas. That's what they are easy to promote, easy to implement, can be done through the parliamentary system. Collectives, cooperatives, national disaster centres, looking after the Uluru Statement from the heart, the list goes on and on and on. Look, I'm sick and tired, I've been told by people, oh, I'm too sick, I'm too old... I can't be bothered. I'm too busy. And then they complain. They ring me up and complain about this. They complain about that. And they complain about, And I say, well, what are you going to do about it? What do you mean, what am I? What are you going to do about it? They say, Jay. Well, it's not my problem. Ultimately, it's our problem. If you want change, you need to become active. And you can become active through traditional means, parliamentary politics. You can become active through extra parliamentary means but the issue is you need to become active in order to change things you know in the 16th century when the Quakers started talking about abolishing slavery everybody thought they were crazy within 150 years the British Empire had abolished slavery okay things do change and they change because somebody somewhere plants a seed and that seed is watered it becomes a huge tree you right know Unfortunately, even huge trees fall down eventually, but it's a matter of continuing to sow seeds. Now, if you wish to nominate me to stand as an independent Victorian senator, there's a list of activities on the webpage. Joseph Toscana, Toscana for the public. If if you've got no access to the internet, you can always give me a ring on 0439 395 489. I will be out and about the City of Melbourne over the next five or six days in order to gain the necessary numbers. Today, which is the 13th of April, if you're listening to this program, here at three, outside 3CR, 21 Smith Street, 1pm to 3pm, Yarraville Station, 4pm to 5pm. La Poquetta Carlton North, 392 Raftown Street, 6pm to 9pm. Tomorrow, the 14th of April. 12 o'clock, the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, 12 till 1. 1.30 to 2.30, Paramount uh, Food Hall. 101 Little Burke Street. 3pm to 4.30pm, Luna Park entrance. The Laughing Clown. I'll be the sad one. It'll be the happy one. So come along. Fill in the nomination forms. Then we've got Friday, Ringwood Station, and the list goes on and on. The list is up on the net. Have a look. haven't got it the net. Interested in nominating me? Can't make any of the places? Give us a call. Leave a message, 0439 395 489. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on Community Radio Station. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to us. That's right. Post Office Box 20 Parkville, 3052 YouTube channel, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, Anarchist Media Institute site, anarchistmedia.org, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest site, pipsy.net, and the list goes on and on and on. One missing ingredient, you. I've hit the ball in your court. Hit it back. Listen to listening to the Anarchist World this week, next week on your local community radio station. Plot destruction.
0: Sorcerer of death construction
1: An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Ten AM every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist Wall this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national, and international events.
0: Poisoning their brainwash minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.